know, I have something right here that not only changed Christmas, but changed history. And uh, it's one of those things that you kind of see all the time. You may not realize the role that it's played, but it changed history and it changed Christmas. I wonder, what do you think I have in here? Help me out. What do you think's in here? Huh? A guitar? What else do you think might be in there? A banjo? A shofar? <laughs> Any other guesses? A piano? Wow. Hey, that's, uh, that's some Santa Claus level stuff right there to pull a piano out of this bag. But here's what I have. See if I can get this thing out of here. What is that? That's an axe. That's right. Did you know that an axe is one of the things that changed not only history, but changed Christmas? I want to share with you today here the story of, of the night that Jesus cut down Thor. The night that Jesus cut down Thor. Now, how many of you guys know who Thor is? Yeah, you probably think of this guy right here when you think of Thor, right? Now, 60 years ago, Marvel introduced the superhero that, that they call Thor, okay? That's, the, I guess, the most modern uh, you know, rendition of him. But long before that, for thousands of years before that, he was, Thor was actually worshipped as a god by the Germanic people of northern Europe, all right? You think of countries like Sweden, Denmark, Germany. Right? The, these people later became known as the Vikings, and they had all sorts of false gods, and one of those false gods was called Thor. He was the god of thunder. Now, here's a pre-Marvel depiction of him. That one didn't come across as good as I hoped it would in the screen there, right? But here is another one, a third one, a newer one. Again, didn't come across in the picture as I hoped it would, but nevertheless, you get the picture of what he looks like. Now, here's the deal. He was worshipped by people all over northern Europe but in the town of Geismar in what we now call Germany they had a special tradition that was dedicated to Thor it was a huge mighty oak that was in the middle of this town it was a huge mighty oak kind of like the one that you can see on the screens here they called it the thunder oak because Thor was the god of thunder and they believed that Thor protected this oak and that if anybody tried to mess with this oak, then Thor would strike them with a lightning bolt from heaven. Every winter around the uh, winter solstice, which is right around the time that Christians celebrate Christmas, these Thor worshipers would come out and they would gather around this thunder oak. And they would light fires and they would sing and they would dance. But the most important part of the evening was when they would sacrifice a human being at the base of that tree to Thor. And the person that was usually killed was a small child. It was a very wicked thing to do. Well, in God's grace, he raised up a Christian missionary to the Germanic people in the early 700s A.D., about 1,300 years ago. And that missionary's real name was Winfred. 
And he was born in England, but, but when he was commissioned as a missionary to the Germanic peoples, the leaders of the church changed his name to Boniface. How many of you guys have ever heard of St. Boniface? Well, you're going to hear about him today. <laughs> in 722, Boniface, he came to the town of Geismar. He had heard uh, of these people, how they worshiped this false god, and they, how they sacrificed children to this false god. And he and other missionary friends, they arrived on that evening just before the sacrifice. And as they watched in heartbreak and in disgust, in a moment of zeal for God, Boniface ran up, grabbed an axe, and began chopping down the third the thunder oak four's oak and he yelled out to him he said here's the thunder oak and here the cross of christ shall break the hammer of the false god thor he even challenged thor right there thor strike me dead with lightning if you can as he chopped down that tree and when the tree fell the Germans were astounded. They couldn't believe that Boniface had just chopped down their tree. And they also couldn't believe that he was still alive. That Thor hadn't hit him with lightning bolts. And Boniface's friends, they couldn't believe that the Germanic people had not taken up their own axes and chopped Boniface to death. They couldn't believe it. So sensing the power... And the presence of the Holy Spirit, Boniface right there and then began to preach the gospel to these pagan people. And looking over behind where that mighty oak had once stood, there was a little fir tree, kind of like what you see right here on either side of the platform this morning. And pointing to that little fir tree, Boniface said to those folks right then and there, he said, this little tree, a young child of the forest, shall be your holy tree tonight it is the wood of peace it is the sign of an endless life for its leaves are evergreen see how it points upward to heaven let this be called the tree of the christ child gather about it not in the wild wood but in your own homes and there it will shelter no deeds of blood but loving gifts and rites of kindness awed by the destruction of the oak tree there and the powerlessness of their false god, Thor. Boniface's preaching led the Germans right then and there of that town to turn from sin, to trust in Christ and be baptized. And from then on, they didn't gather around an oak tree at Christmas. They gathered instead around a cut evergreen tree and brought them into their houses. And that's how Christians began to celebrate the birth of Christ with Christmas trees. So praise God for the boldness of Boniface, right? That faithful Christian missionary. That's the story of the night that Jesus cut down Thor and gave us the Christmas tree. But it, okay, maybe it wasn't Jesus himself, but it was a missionary in the name of Jesus. And, and, and maybe it wasn't Thor. He's a false god anyways. But it was a tree that was dedicated to his name. And so praise God for all the victory in Christ. I wonder this morning, how many of you guys have Christmas trees in your home? Okay. Have you ever considered the symbolism of that tree? Everything about it, y'all, and, and we just want to focus in. It's not about the tree. It's about who it points us to this season. 
Everything about the Christmas tree points us to Jesus as we celebrate his, as we celebrate his birth. First, consider its color. Jesus tells us this in John 10, verse 27 and 28. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so the evergreen nature of these trees, they point us to the eternal life that's offered through Jesus. Consider its shape. The Bible tells us in Psalm 115, verse 2 and 3, Why should the nation say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. So these trees, like an arrow, they, they point us up, directing us heavenward, where Christ came from and is right now, seated at the right hand of God and from where He will come again. Consider the lights. The Bible also tells us that Jesus said of Himself in John eight twelve. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, it was Martin Luther, 800 years after Boniface, in Germany as well, that first led Christians to put little candles as lights all over the tree. Of course, we now use electric lights. But these lights remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Consider the tree's constitution. We read in Acts chapter 10, verse 39 and 40. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Listen to this. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him up on the third day. So Jesus was sacrificed on a cross made of wood for our sins, and the wood of these trees remind us of that fact. And then finally, consider what we put under the Christmas trees. What do we put under them? We put gifts, presents, right? which is a great reminder that Jesus is the greatest gift that God has ever given us and that you could and should receive. We think about that most famous verse from the Bible probably, for God so loved the world, this is John three sixteen, that he gave. What did he give? His only son as a gift that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so I want to say to every single person on the sound of my voice this morning, have you received that gift? In this Christmas season, every aspect of it, maybe even things that you didn't even think about, point you to Jesus Christ. We're, we're reminded of, of, of the eternal life that's offered, the upwardness where Christ is right now, the lights, that He's the light of the world, that, that He was crucified for us. And of course, He is a gift. If you have not received that gift, you should. Because the Bible says that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. The Bible says that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've been given the, the Ten Commandments to prove that to us. Have you told a lie? Then you need a Savior. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Then you need a Savior. Have you ever loved something more than God? Then you need a Savior. And we could go on and on and on through all of those. Every single one of us are equal in this regard. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And at Christmas, Father God in all of His goodness provided that Savior for us. He is the greatest gift 
you can ever receive. He's greater than any person. He's greater than anything you can have in your life. And if you don't believe me, just ask the Germans of Geismar, who on that night watched their Thor tree, their thunder oak, be chopped down in Jesus' name. I wonder what oak, metaphorically speaking, in your life needs to be chopped down this morning that you might run to Christ. They gladly gave their lives to Christ, and I pray this morning that you would do the same.